feeling or purpose of what we're looking for. I myself, and this was my, the same question I did for years, circling in my brain. And this was my question. Did God create humans so that he could just condemn them? That was my question. If I dug deeper to the next level, my question was, is God loving? Or is he this master puppeteer who is just controlling our lives? If I go deeper, deeper, my question is, can I really trust God? And was I created for a purpose? When I had this question, I literally asked anyone who would listen to me. I I would ask my friends. I would go to different churches and ask pastors. I would dig into my Bible. I read books. I did everything just because I was so fascinated with this question. And I was on this quest for years. I became a believer when I was 20. And I had experienced God's love in that moment when I said I wanted a relationship with him. I felt the backpack be released of all the things of my past, and I knew that I experienced him in a way that I was free. But I still pondered and questioned, why did God create humans? Through my quest of books, these were some of my favorite. Do you have a picture? This was my favorite one, The Case for Faith, And this one, honestly, I've never even read this one, but I have it because I love the other two. The man, Lee Strobel, was a former investigative journalist. He was an atheist and went on a mission to disprove Jesus and Christianity. Each book has a variety of what he calls objections to Christianity. Some of them are, how can a loving God exist in the midst of evil and suffering? How can miracles be true if science contradicts them? He takes each objection and he interviews people, experts. He digs into the Bible to find his answers. And through his investigation, he becomes a believer because the evidence is so big that he can't ignore it. There's actually a movie. Check it out. These books were a foundation in my growing faith and understanding of who God was for my big questions. But it didn't stop there after reading them. I believed in God, but I still questioned. It's like my heart and my brain, they just weren't connected and I didn't get it. I read the Bible, I heard heard John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, but it still made me ponder. Have you ever been outside? Maybe you were today, Natalie, and you were wor- you've been working or doing something so physical and you're like, I'm so thirsty. And actually, I can relate to that right now because I'm so thirsty. And all you, you're like, all I want is water. And so you grab one of these, not a Stanley, not a Hydro Flask, not a Yeti that keeps it cold, but just one of these that have been sitting out there and you're like, <gasps> water. And you take a big swig, And you do that, and you go, it's warm. It's not satisfying. It's warm. You're, so, you're still thirsty. Have you ever been there? Do you understand what I'm saying to you? Okay, warm water to me is not satisfying. Some people can drink it. I cannot. I feel like this teaching tonight might leave you still thirsty. And you're like, why? 
And then I say that it might actually leave you disappointed. And you're like, why? Because we humans, we really like black, and we really like white, and we like the answers to our lives to be really in this box and, find, and in this box, and we like questions about God to be here or there. This brings us comfort and clarity. And so you might be disappointed tonight, because unfortunately, it's not that easy all the time. The Bible is not an answer book or a magic eight ball that we can open up and it will give us all the clear answers to the things that we have questions for. There are plenty of questions us humans have that the Bible doesn't even touch. Let me be clear. I'm not saying you should not read your Bible. That is not what I'm telling you. I'm saying we need to change our approach when we do read our Bible. Relevant Magazine, I found this article, The Bible is Not Just a Book of Answers, by Jeffrey Poor. Many of us pick up the Bible to find the answers of life, but the Bible doesn't give us many answers. Rather, it holds up a mirror. It asks us questions of ourselves, and most importantly, it transforms us. Not by the knowledge we find, but by the God we meet within the pages. This is exactly what the author of Hebrews 4.12 talks about. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. God is alive. He's moving. It's, he's not idle. Can you put up my picture? That sword has a blade on both sides. It is no butter knife. What am I going to cut with this? Hardly anything, right? Butter. butter. Yeah, butter. Like, a so like the sword that has an edge on both sides, you could cut a finger off with that. It's sharp. God's word pierces through darkness, like this sword. It pierces through our souls and to our hearts. God's word is a mirror to show us our true condition, our hearts, so that we can be transformed and bring change. God wants to transform your hearts and minds. There's another place in the Bible. Turn to page 996 in your Bible or your mental Bible, 996, which is actually 2 Timothy it's a letter that Paul writes to his friend Timothy. It's not Timothy II that wrote it. That's my dad joke for the night. Paul wrote this letter to a younger leader named Timothy. Did you find it? Paul knew something about life that he wanted Timothy to know. So we're in 2 Timothy 3, 15 through 17. I'm going to separate you boys before the end of the night. How far from infancy have you known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus? 
The Spirit, we've talked about Jesus and the Holy Spirit going to them and looking to them when we have questions. The Spirit here, it says, can make us wise. And N.T. Wright says the scriptures can help us think in new patterns, see things we haven't seen before, understand ourselves, and other people and God and the world. Once again, scripture's a mirror for us to see ourselves in God. Verse 16, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Before we dig into this, I have to be honest. The phrase God-breathed, there's controversy. That, those two words that Paul uses are in no other Greek literature, either biblical or non-biblical. This is a new phrase. And so there's people on a spectrum that believe over here that God-breathed means that God literally gave Paul the words to be his human typewriter, word for word, line by line. On this side of the spectrum, they believe, people over here, believe that God inspired Paul or Jeremiah or whoever the writer was to use their own circumstances, maybe their own feelings, their own um, historical context to write the words that God has given them to be scripture. And this is one of those times where the Bible is not clear. But people who are much smarter than me can find themselves here, here, and somewhere in between. The people over here look at these people and say, well, if they're being using their uniqueness, can it be God-breathed? And the people over here say that, that that's what God is doing. He's partnering with the people who were writing to show who God is, to show his big story of humanity and redemption. But no matter where we stand on this topic of the spectrum, it does not diminish what Paul is saying about Scripture. Paul knew that life would give Timothy and future followers an endless stream of doubts and questions. And he knew that they needed a place to look. So Paul describes God's words to be useful. How were they useful? For teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training. Scripture with the Holy Spirit can nudge people. Have you ever done, read something and you're like, wait a minute, is that talking to me? That's the Holy Spirit working to nudge us, to teach us, to change us. Have you ever watched those home improvement shows where they're like, my house sucks, I can't, I can't use it the way I want, I have too many people, and then these like, professionals come in and bam, the house is like useful, and all of a sudden it's like exactly the way they want it, and it's a new place. The word of God allows us to partake in a home improvement project in ourselves. It improves our hearts and our minds to be improved humans so that we can better use the things that God gives us so we can follow him on this journey of life. The Bible may not always give us clear, 
exact answers we're looking for. But it changes us. The Bible is a story of redemption that invites us to join him on this journey of life. So back to the question that I, why did God create humans? I continued to ask this question, and I was actually pregnant with Isaac, and I had been a believer for six years, and it was David's birthday, and I bought these tickets to this play. I thought it was a play. It really wasn't a play. It was a production. It doesn't matter. But I didn't really know what to expect, and it was called The Story. And we showed up, and these really famous people were singing really beautiful songs, and every song, it started in creation, and it went to Abraham, and it went to Moses, and it went to uh, Naomi, and Job, and Paul, and G- or Jesus, then Paul, and all these people. And it told this beautiful, big story about God and humans. And I literally remember driving in David's old truck to this thing going, why did you create us? Like, I still don't get it, God. Like, I don't understand And the last scene of this whole production play, I even dug out the music as a remembrance, was this big heart made of roses. And in the heart, all it said was love. And at that moment, no matter what else, I probably had heard this before. Someone's probably like, Amanda, I told you that four years ago. But in that moment, that's what I needed from God. It all made sense. He created us humans for love. He created us to have a relationship with him. And at that moment, that's what I needed to answer the question. And what I want you to hear tonight is that faith is a journey. And just because you have questions does not mean you don't have faith. And if you're a person in this space and you're like, I don't have questions, that is a beautiful place to be and I'm envious of you sometimes because I have a lot God has used a variety of things in my own journey to teach me and deepen my relationship with him and to understand life. He's used messages at church. He speaks to me through reading my Bible. He can use words from a friend or a family member. He speaks to me often through songs. Even looking at pieces of art at a gallery reading a novel that sometimes I'm like, I had no idea this would, has anything to do with God, sitting on my front lawn and looking at nature. There's no limit to the creative ways that God might choose to speak to you. And as he speaks to you, this changes our view of ourselves, the world, and God. Can you put up that picture? There's a lot of stars up there. Your questions might sometimes feel as uncountable as these stars. But God uses that same metaphor to talk about something else. Over and over in scripture, God connects his trustworthiness and fulfilled promises with stars in the sky. The birth of Jesus was announced by a shining star. The Bible says God spoke the stars and everything else into existence just like God breathed life into scripture. The same God who created those stars created the means for you to find answers to your deepest questions. 
I have this acronym, I think it's an acronym, I don't know if that's the right word, you can correct me later, that's going to come up. And there's pieces of paper in the back that you can take with you and put someplace for as you are pondering questions. And the acronym will create the word space, S. Say what you're wondering. Write it down, say it out loud, tell someone else. P, pray for help. Let God know you have an, you, you're struggling with an answer. It took six years for me to get his answer. A, ask for clarity. Ask God to show you the layers of your questions. C, capture your thoughts. Journaling can be a beautiful thing in trying to figure out what the question is that you're really pondering. Write it down. Tell people about it. E, explore God's answers. There's creative ways from reading your Bible to asking mentors, one of your leaders in here, reading books, doing a word search. Pick a word in the Bible and look up all the verses of it. He will show you the answers to your questions if you're patient. I've told you many times, especially last year, that songs speak to me. And so I'm going to play a worship song. I'm going to pray. We're going to play the song, and then you're going to go to your group. And as you're listening to this, I want you to ponder what are the questions that you have and what, talk to them. Talk to God about those questions. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you that our questions are not too big for you that you speak to each of our hearts in a unique way and that when we bring these uncertainties to you that you will hear them and you will care for us. Lord, help us to be honest and open with what you are doing in our minds and our hearts this evening. In Jesus' name, amen. Through the age